1: Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan LaPlante and players Tom McGee as interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Rodeanne Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band found themselves mired in conflict. Olien revealed that she'd precipitated a cold war between Houses Vance and Cologne. Piper sent a warning of Nero's heretical behavior to her mentor on Terra, and Seth prompted Nero to report on their progress or lack thereof to the Inquisitor. Will they be capable of following orders and focusing only on the Homo Novus? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy.
2: I will not rest until my work is done, is the guiding maxim of Fabius Bile. And it is also one of the guiding maxims of this inquisitorial band and Nero Abignale. You've all had your pep talk from the inquisitor. Seth, how did it affect you? We didn't get to that in the last episode.
3: Uh, two, two feelings. Um, One, just sort of a contemptuous kind of like, Typical, you know, the Inquisitor so far away, not really getting his hands dirty, just, you know, uh, giving us kind of the orders and telling us what we what needs to be done. But also some relief, uh, like I, he expected this to happen. And so was kind of reassured by it to see Nero kind of regain some like mental stability. Like, just because he is the leader of the group and he has been flagging in a lot of ways uh, to kind of see him just already... I think you talked about his posture where he just, like, kind of straightened up a little bit. To see it take effect so quickly is gratifying to Seth. To just be like, all right, at least we can get back to the business, like, the task at hand here without having to worry about Nero uh, praising Horace some more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah.
2: So you all uh, are still in the comm room. You've already had your meals. Clearly, you're stepping into the afternoon. And Seth has given you the the burgeoning beginnings of a plan that you all seem to have been pretty on board for, Uh, which is nice because though you have your moments of interpersonal conflict, you do have a job where you could all get killed during a few hours later. And you are all professional enough to have been selected for for your positions by a noted inquisitor. So, you can dive down and kind of get down to business. Uh, This is your chance for all of you to discuss what your plan is and for each of you to determine what you want to do uh, this afternoon as your kind of big action amongst uh, the other forms of
4: preparation that are there. So, I think um, Nero, uh, again, you know, with a bit more pep in his step, uh, goes and um, uh, makes himself the, you know, 40K Grimdark equivalent of a coffee. so I don't know, like a grim calf or whatever. I think the it's fuck.
1: just called. It, they just call it calf or caffeine, right? right calf yeah.
4: or recaff, depending on the yeah. version. Right. Yeah. So uh, i will gonna make myself some recaff, um, and um, uh, as I'm doing it, I'll just kind of like be talking over my shoulder, um, but in very much like a, "All right, cool. Like we're we're, we're getting down to it, so let's get down to it." Um, and I'll say. Uh, all right, Seth. So I, I like the idea a lot of uh, of us, uh, also because we're, we're we're less prepared. I think as a as a heist crew, uh, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the one big question I've got, though, and I, I assume you've got something clicking around behind those, uh, you know, those big glassy blacks of yours, uh, just floating around your skull there. Um, how exactly do you think we can impersonate rancid cologne? Because I'm sure there's a way. Uh, but uh, short of putting a wig on Piper, I'm not quite sure what it is. So what what do you got for us there, bud?
3: Well, I've been contemplating a few options. I'm not 100% certain to the extent of Piper's powers, but she could perhaps provide some sort of illusion to make one of us look like.
1: Piper, just like in the background, does that kind of like cut thing, Like, like simple, like, No.
3: Piper, just
2: because I'm trying to be able to track your abilities, because I'm always fascinated by them. Uh, does your compel allow you to compel someone to see something the way you would want it to?
1: Um, Essentially I can uh, compel like one person, maybe two if I increase the difficulty um, to believe that like something is true that isn't, but it like in, in kind of nar- the narrative setting Um, it would last... I'd have to do it every five minutes.
2: But for the purpose of this heist, clearly you've done this power before. You guys Mm -hmm. have been on missions before. What I will ask, Piper, is can you tell us an example of a time where Seth saw you, for lack of a better term, uh, these are not the droids you are looking for. Jedi mind trick somebody to be allowed either you or him through a door where there was that impersonation chance?
1: Um... Yes. I think the Piper has used this on um, essentially when we've had to not reveal ourselves and it was like absolutely essential. And, you know, we didn't have this like potential, you know, um, cultists like threatening Piper's mind um, where where she can she's basically told like uh, docking bay guards. To like get to gain entrance, which is like essentially like we're supposed to be here. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what she does, and they're like, "Yep, <laughs> they're <laughs> supposed to be it. here. Move along." That's pretty much it.
2: <laughs> nice. Let's say there was one particular docking attendant that you had used uh, throughout a mission who was uh, a woman by the name of Kazimot Frex.
1: Oh, that's cool. All right.
2: Um, and I. I would say you look back at him and just say the name Kazimot Frex. And for Mm. you, Seth, you then know, you remember that this stuff has been done before, but it was always on an individual person. So she can't play her powers over a crowd, but if you wanted one person to drop something off to quote-unquote rancid, that might be
3: possible. Right, so under specific circumstances, that gambit could work. I was also considering our supply of disguises uh, to perhaps create a uh, a physical duplicate of the governor. Although I'm not sure if even our supplies can duplicate that level of character.
1: I mean, like, look, I've got like makeup and stuff and like contact lenses, but it's just to basically convince people that like, hey, I'm not a psyker without like having to use like my, like, powers.
4: Okay, I just want to make sure we haven't taken this off the table yet because I still think it's a solid option. We could make a wig.
5: Seth, can you roll me... I
2: was just going to (laughs) say, Seth, can you roll me a... uh, Either a streetwise or a skullduggery?
3: Difficulty two. Streetwise or skullduggery? Buddy, let's go with a streetwise. (coughs) Difficulty two, you say? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One success, five advantages. Great. Uh, two possibilities. One
2: that you would think of off the top of your head is uh, Rancid is essentially a mindless body in a wheelchair, so you don't necessarily need a fake Rancid. Or if you did need a fake Rancid, you have the premier Magos biologist of this system two floors
1: down. Oh, shit, who has joined yeah. Your
3: band and has oh, all I of am. his equipment in-house.
5: Grow us one, <laughs>
3: that's one. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I think I think the reason you had to mention that and not and not Seth just like thinking it up kind of on his own is like he was worried that like any changes made by the biologist would be permanent. Oh, that's a
2: very reasonable <laughs> fear. <laughs> So again, these will be things Seth is now aware of yeah. for this conversation because I am a weird repository of in-world lore that I think your character would have access to, to but, is, the player. but is not a realistic expectation for of your sure. players. So yeah,
3: um, adeptus biologist is that right?
2: He's a magos biologist, magos biologist, because so, it's a it's a division within. So the adeptus mechanicus is like anyone who uses machines for anything. Um, he's a Magos biologist, so his specialty is uh, the human body and anatomical systems. They're um, replacing them with augmetics, but it's all kind of okay,
3: physically, anatomically based. Another option outside of our conventional deceptions would be to enlist the services of our in-house Magos biologist to create some sort of governor homunculus or to alter one of us physically, surgically,
4: perhaps with the caveat of
3: returning us to our original form after the fact.
4: I mean, realistically a homunculus does sound like a bit of a, an upgrade from the current situation. So not fully opposed to that.
1: I mean, I would suggest like we could do either Mina since like, obviously she's not doing very well with like talking. And like, God, like, you know, cologne, like, isn't,
5: it's no offense, sister. It's just, you said it yourself. I, I may not be the best at talking, but I would think that considering the circumstances and all of the weapons probably aimed at us, you would like me to be there to, to be battling. Oh, that's a fair point. All right. So, I mean, my other suggestion was going to be me. So.
4: Well, uh, Piper, I think you might actually be on to something there. Uh. You you're right. If there's a fight that breaks out, we're definitely going to want you in there. But since we aren't allowed, I mean, I was talking to Abacus, and there's no fighting allowed in the ballroom. But I can imagine if uh, you know we went through all the trouble of a heist, and we we put you know the uh, there's an old term we used to throw around in Ventus called a MacGuffin. So if we put the MacGuffin in the hands of uh, it's named after uh, Hieronymus MacGuffin, um, he was a he was a real asshole. Anyway, uh, if we put the MacGuffin in the hands of fake gazi cologne and they figure out that he's fake and they get real mad they might want to start a fight and who better to be able to defend against that from the chair and he'll just gesture broadly at you
5: i can't uh, believe you're suggesting this <laughs> yeah I- I'm no actually Piper like
1: suggesting it I'm I'm i know like it. i'm even regretting like suggesting it i'm like no 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 we keep up the ruse and like the sister amina can like defend the quote-unquote fake Cologne, if that comes to that, I think I should do it.
3: I'm inclined to agree, especially if you're hesitant to use your psycho powers. This, I am. And you are. Then this is another way to make yourself
4: quite useful. And I'll just nod to Warden and be like, and uh, hey, big guy, uh, gonna need you to roll along with this. Because this is our best shot. So, if, you know, stuff goes bad, and I'll point at my forehead uh, with her, you know, psychically, make sure you're shooting the real Piper, not the governor, you know? And also, don't shoot Piper unless you have to. I know we've been over this, but I really can't stress enough how useful she is. So,
1: And then I looked to Warden and I said, yeah, and don't shoot anyone either, like even Nero, unless it's like really necessary.
4: And I'll just kind of like smile in like an okay, sure. And just casually flick the rosette between my (laughs) fingers as I'm like to do what I need to flex.
1: (laughs) Piper Uh, rolls her eyes.
4: Warden ignores
2: Piper and looks at you, Nero. And all of you see this because Warden is not a subtle man. Warden just raises a hand and taps his fingers on his chest in that Morse code you all understand. Uh, And he says, if you are taking Piper, you need me to join the heist crew. I can't watch her. Have the Magos put a bomb in her brain.
4: And I'll, uh, I'll stop twiddling the rosette and just stare at him. Motherfucker, you got plans like that and we've been letting Seth come up with them? Full surprises. I was wrong, this isn't a Tuesday, this is a Wednesday at least.
1: You don't need a bomb in my brain, just come with your freaking sword.
2: And he grits his teeth and says, I won't be there to shoot you. Someone needs to be able to take you out for the good of everyone else.
1: Well, someone will, right?
4: Uh, yeah, whoever's got the dead man switch on the bomb. So I think we're in agreement. Uh, we transfigure Piper. Uh, you did want some leadership, right? Uh, transfigure Piper's appearance. Uh, Mina, you seem like the most stable person in the room, which is kind of shocking given your upbringing, um, but we'll give you the kill switch if things go wrong with, uh, with Piper, blam, blam. Uh, Emperor's your uncle, you know, praise be we did it. Warden, you're on team heist crew, I guess. Piper, is there anything we can do to make this less unpleasant for you?
1: Yeah, not put the bloody bomb in my head. Okay,
4: right. other than that.
1: Actually, I'm okay with Sister Amina having the kill switch.
4: I figured you might be. Okay, great. So, sounds like we got ourselves a plan for Gazzy. Now, what do you think the rest of us should do? And I'll, like, look to Warden. <laughs> and Of course, he's not going to respond. But, like, for a hot second, I really hope he's got something for us. Um, and then Wait. in disappointment, I'll just kind of turn back.
1: Did we decide that, like, w- like Gazzy's going to know?
3: <laughs> we haven't discussed decided. that. <laughs> uh,
4: I guess I'll <laughs> address that. <laughs> Yeah, I still have an image of, like, black bagging him (laughs) and just, like, throwing him out a window or some shit. Seth
3: will say, um, all we have to do now is coordinate with Gazzy to pull off this ruse. The other piece of this puzzle is that we are expected to participate in the heist, and people will think something is amiss if we are visibly present at the ball and not leaving. I was thinking perhaps we could use that very, very powerful vehicle that Invictus brought us back to these rooms with. That could be our heist vehicle. It could be empty and just drive around the city while we remain safe inside the building. Now, we will have to hide ourselves in some manner if this is the way we wish to go. I have my camouflage, relatively easy for me to obscure myself. However, Mina, Nero, Warden, if you want to remain in the building, how are we going to hide your presence?
4: Well, uh, one of us has to drive the car. Yes.
2: Warden just raises a hand. And then rested on his chest, it says, I have no authority to make decisions about anything except Piper. I will drive the car.
3: Uh, all right. How well. are you behind the wheel, Warden? Fine.
1: Warden is average. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> well, uh,
4: as long as you're better than if I were to, uh, you know, put a numeric on it zero um then i think you're you're better than uh the rest of us and uh as we've established we need sister mina on site uh so warden gives a curt nod he has accepted his
3: fate right um mina would you be willing to shed your livery uh in an effort to disguise yourself as perhaps one of the governor's guards.
5: I, that would make sense. I, whatever needs to be done to make this plan of yours work, you tell me.
4: The Nero, what about you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm a bit of a problem in this, uh, this whole plan, I think, um, Look, I was talking to Abacus about uh, what happens at these parties, and it seems like a lot of people don't know. Uh, it seems they're the tight-lipped about it. It's a bit of a, you know, an honor to be there. It's a, it's a fancy thing. Now that we've out ourselves as the, uh, the Inquisition, and uh, I've, uh, think established that uh, I'm a bit of a, uh, and like I'll run my hands back through my hair and be like a loose cannon of sorts. Um, I'm thinking I can just make a stink. At the party uh everyone already thinks i'm kind of useless everybody already thinks i'm a bit of a liability but they also know that i carry this guy and i'll just like tap the rosette say uh which is scary to a lot of people so i'm thinking i just start trying to wheel and deal badly at the party make a big show of it uh you know it's that old uh seth you always talk about a uh, sleight of hand tricks right they won't be looking at you because they'll be too busy looking at me making a complete fucking idiot out of myself meanwhile They'll assume that everybody else left in the truck without me because I'm an idiot. I'll keep making a stink, and hopefully that'll provide us enough of a smokescreen that, uh, you know, everyone's too busy watching the uh, the left hand uh, walk around and try and declare exterminatus and shit while the right hand is uh, delivering the package. What do you think? As long as you can
3: keep a lid on it, we don't need another outburst from you wherein you
4: kill some sort of significant benefactor. Or, uh, you know, another outburst from you where you just randomly shoot a servant and get us all exiled. You know, I think there's lots of things we can agree not to do in various situations, don't you think, Seth? Um, I should do- I have uh, <laughs> Warden back me up on that the way he did in the arena?
3: That was a gambit that did not pay off. I really can promise you I won't shoot any more nameless servants. Can you guarantee us that you will not kill named and known
4: significant figures on this world. I mean, you know what? If you can make me a promise that none of them have pet Eldari, Xenos, just hanging out, ready to rip us apart with shruken cannons, will you just hang out talking about cards or whatever the fuck you were doing up there? Then yeah, I think I can safely make that that arrangement with you. Is that all right? I know being in danger is not really your thing, but for (laughs) some of us it is, so.
5: I think we've all made mistakes and we are all still alive and huzzah to that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Jury's still out on whether that Cold War kills us, Mina, but I see your point and I agree with it.
2: Um, Mina, you can see that uh, Nero is is troubled and is kind of on the back foot. But you remember the conversation that you had with Vicar Estevez last night about how Nero can build a future. Uh, the future that he dreams of as long as he works hard enough because faith is a garden. What is the rousing speech you give to bring the rest of the party (laughs) back together around Nero's leadership before you set off to carry out today's tasks.
4: All right, Space Marine. That's right, it's me, one of the biggest, toughest orcs in the biggest, toughest war in the galaxy. If you think that you and all your other beaky boys are going to come in here and fight us all for the Imperium or whatever, then you're going to need a hell of a lot of help, and you're going to need it from patreon.com slash dumdumdice. I hear for just one of your Imperium dollars, you can join a Patreon-only Discord and talk all about your Imperium nonsense with other fans. Or you can add names to the shows. You can even add characters. We don't need any characters here in the wall. We got plenty. But if you want to add one, you can for only $25. Of course, to do that, you're going to need to rev up that chainsaw, aren't you, Marine? Oh, wait. No, don't do not do it. No, no, don't do it. Oh, wow. it's charged up by the power of patreon.com slash dice. That's D U M B D U M B D I C E. Curse you, Spice Marine!
5: (sighs) Well, for don't. Oh, (laughs) starting off well. This is a great speech. (laughs) Well. For what it is worth, honestly, Nero, I do think that you made some good decisions on the field when things were at their worst. And you managed to save all of us, Seth and myself included. And I think as long as you keep working towards this future, as long as you keep making decisions and following your heart towards what the Emperor would want, I I fully believe in your capabilities. And I support you. And Oliver should too. That's my speech.
2: So, um, Mina is is a blunt person. <laughs> and someone, someone who makes these statements. Uh, Mina, you have, I'm gonna have you use, let's go with charm. I think charm is a good one. Got um, yeah,
5: story points?
2: <laughs> yes, we do have a story point you can use. Uh, I'm gonna say difficulty is four. Uh, I will give you a boost because you legitimately mean this speech. Yep. Do I get a boost
5: to charm because I have a boost to charm against? (laughs) That's one of my skills. Yep. Oh, nice.
2: (sighs) And they are all faithful. So I think that would make sense for for this. So uh, whatever your charm is uh, against difficulty four with two boost. (sighs) I'm
5: so nervous. All right, I'm double checking it. My presence is three and my charm is one, so that's two green, one yellow, four purple, and Stop two past. <sighs> I feel like I'm gonna be ill. Uh. <laughs> oh, and
2: uh, and you get uh, you can upgrade a second yellow because you did use a story point.
5: Oh crap! I didn't use the story point and rolled and got one success, two advantages. So I'm gonna All just right. take it. Uh, yeah, I didn't take the story point.
2: I'm I'm gonna charge you the story point okay, anyways, but you'll that's succeed. Fine. Um, so you succeeded. Uh, despite how awkward that speech just was. I'm
3: sorry.
2: Mina is a character. <laughs> no, no. Cause I mean, Mina is an awkward person, but yeah. Mina is an incredibly genuine person. And it's the first time someone has pointed out a fundamental truth, which is nobody died in the arena. The mission is not to be really good arena fighters or these other things. The mission is to do the job and stay alive. And so far, Nero's work actually did that. The Aldari fight was not go like the Drakari fight was not going well in the arena when a dude got yanked in.
5: Yeah, and actually, um, that that was something that legitimately Mina has been thinking about ever since then. Like she didn't get a chance to talk to Nero because he went to sleep, and then what? But legit, like when that the Eldari showed up and it went sideways, she was like, "I am dead, and <laughs> he might be dead." So she legit like that is extremely sincere of like you made the right choice.
2: And I think that is what rings through for everybody. So it doesn't mean you've changed your fundamental opinions of Nero, either Seth or Piper, but he is unconventional. He may be crazy, but you're not dead yet. And all of those things can be true at the same time. Some of that rides on your ability to trust Mina and her to be earnest. So it doesn't mean you have to be like, now I trust him. But I think it's like, okay, give him some slack and see what he comes up with the wrong choice may be the right one. And that is the tone where you you all set off to deal with whatever your plans are to deal with. So we'll have this quest, this won't be a big long chat, but just a little more fundamentally here. So Piper, you are locked down being surgically altered
1: into a Awesome.
2: I'll tell you, that wasn't on my list of things you guys might've done, but I <laughs> like it a lot. Uh, it sounds like Seth, you you wanted to talk to Gazzy to bring him in on this. Yep. Which means um, right now your plan is mainly focused on House Cologne. So either Nero and Mina, you could join Seth and maybe have different goals within House Cologne to try to coordinate with security, to try to coordinate elsewhere. Or if you wanted to take that, you could do opposition research. If that's of interest, it doesn't feel like it's central to your plan, but I just didn't want to
4: rule that out for you. So what are you guys
2: thinking you'd want to do?
4: Um, I think, uh, Nero's best play here is to go talk to Invictus about getting, uh, the keys to the car for the weekend. Uh, he's got to borrow the minivan. Um, but knowing how much heat is going to be coming down, like warden is a, like a brick shithouse, but he's also like going to be extraordinarily vulnerable. So I think, um, Nero would go try and see if they could soup up the armor, um, on, on the, uh, the transport, um. A, get the transport, B, soup it up, and and C, just kind of like work on that. The, just the physical... So I feel like he has like one action. So his one physical thing is like, I'm going to make this thing as... like Not because I'm good at mechanics, because I'm not, but I can definitely hold up a rosette and say, make this hardier. Um, so I'll, I
2: think, go do that if I can. Okay, so you're, you're on Torox duty. Um, Mina, what are you going to be up to?
5: Yeah, I think Mina is going to want to talk to um, Gazi's guards and set up both the... Uniforms, so probably uniforms for her and Seth. I, I don't know what he decided, but her plan was like they can show up. Then there's uniforms they can swap into when they leave, and then also she would take her her shield and her sword and give it to the Gazi guards to hide somewhere in wherever they're gonna be. So she, they would have hidden outfits to change into and weapons
2: and their appropriate gear. Yes, yeah. okay, so and that makes and, sense. So- and
5: be like in with the guards, like know which guards of his are trustworthy or whatever too.
2: All right, so it sounds like you'll be going with Seth, but to mm-hmm. talk to someone, uh, he'll talk to Gazzy, yes. and you'll talk to the head of security while you're at the building. So yep. that is great. Let's start with the Torox because that feels the most localized for the day,
4: uh, and we can go through that. So you're going to talk to Invictus, correct? Um, yeah, just because it's his it's his ride, and he's clearly established that he is the one kind of holding the reins of all the inquisitorial boons we can get on planet, so. Great. Uh, when you enter Invictus's floor, uh, he is one floor
2: down from you. He is the the fourth floor. Uh, everything about his apartment is unsettling and uncomfortable. Uh, every bathroom door is open. Uh, they all smell a little bit off. Uh, his bed is unmade, and his underwear has just been thrown on top of the bed. Uh, He leaves books lying around. There's a fireplace running, but he didn't open the flue. So there's just a weird six inches of smoke around the roof, but he's clearly had things disabled. It's as off-putting and as uncomfortable as as you would imagine (laughs) based on the conversations you've had with the man. Though, Nero, you've proven to be a little more resistant to his effect than your companions. You had a conversation with him and were capable of having some kind of emotional connection. Uh, He is currently pacing in tidy whiteies. Reading a giant uh book that it as you look, you can see there are actually two two data slates set as either of the flip sides of this book with the inquisitorial symbol on it. He's still wearing his goggles as crazy, despicable me man, and he's just pacing around talking to himself as a real interesting, interesting, Good ass, yes.
4: Uh Invictus, hey, hi, hi. Sorry uh, to interrupt. Yes, yes. What can I do for you? fellow servant of the inquisition yeah yeah listen um first before we get to that uh you were muttering something just now um i don't i, I far be it for me to tell you what what to look into and not but uh if i can give you a word of the wise maybe keep keep that one inside you know don't don't say that name out, out loud so much Ah, uh, yes, yes There could be Physical microphones I'm so
0: used to being immune To the so-called Warp powers of hearing Or whatever the fuck
2: Those weirdos use uh, Yeah, But honestly. this is true There could be a microphone There could be a microphone And he turns And you see him Looking around paranoid And you realize He has four nipples They're just They're on his
4: chest right. As almost a line mm-hmm. Just have nipples The whole way across Interesting Ah, uh, the emperor Doesn't make mistakes This seems <clears> fine to me Um, so, um I'll, uh I'll just kind of Observe that And, and give him a proper uh you know um generally i think like looted up dicaprio like sort of uh shocked eye meme um and then point at them and then just kind of pull my finger back and go hey listen yeah okay so just don't say that guy um the, the count guy out loud please or at all really just leave that alone uh but look um I need to borrow the torox uh, for for um, uh, some uh, inquisitorial business uh, you know with the houses and all that. Uh, okay, right. okay, but here's the thing. Um, we've got a very important asset going in that vehicle and I know it's hardy. I know it's it's bulked up. I want to add twice as much because I think there's gonna be a lot of hell raining down. On, on that vehicle. So I need to make sure that nothing gets through.
0: Interesting. That? I believe the alterations are possible, but there's a question of how much should we invest in the shell versus how much should we just put inside it with guns? Yes.
4: Uh, yeah. So it's part of the heist. And unfortunately uh. that means that uh, it has to seem like there's only four of us. Uh, and I think if we include more people, that's uh, that's a big no-no on the scale of the rules as we understand them so uh so you're planning on following the rules for the heist uh yeah you know i feel kind of bad about how it all went down last time and uh we still need some legitimacy to get as close as we can to uh some important people for you know the business we're about um do 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 people not follow the rules of the heist very often here is that just another fun fun game for these uh these people from what I'm familiar with, it seems to be more a uh, break
0: all the rules where no one can see kind of competition, as opposed to uh, everyone follows the letter of the. L- it's really easy to get shot if you follow the rules and they don't. But if no one's knocking, then no one's
4: cheating. Um- yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, ne- nevertheless, uh, as I understand it, one uh, one uh, you know, well placed rocket, one well placed uh, last cannon shot, and that vehicle goes up. Right. So it doesn't matter how many people are inside. I want the guy who's inside to survive. So Hmm. I say we we bulk bulk it up. At the same
0: time that he's using Inquisition resources for a heist. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
2: As he's thinking, let's do a die roll to see how convincing <laughs> this has been. Yeah dude.
4: Yeah, what would you suggest for this? I actually think uh I want to lean on uh interrogation, not because I'm interrogating him, but because I'm I'm coming to him in my my official inquisitorial time of need.
2: Yeah, I think we've agreed that's kind of your read the room, find the right approach power. So I, I'm yeah. definitely down with All that. All right,
4: cool. So I got my two there. Uh I will say difficulty
2: three. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is swayable, but he's also got his own opinions. He's he's a bit odd. Uh, I will give you two boost because he likes you and one setback because technically this would be the
4: Inquisition getting involved in heist business. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I think that's good on my end. Uh, we are out of story points, as I recall. Uh, you've got one and I've got four, according to my notes. Okay. So. um I'm not... Hmm. I think Nero actually just expects that he'll get this. I don't think yeah. he, there's any weight behind it. It's just literally that, like, you walk in and you're like, "Hi, I need that drink you're drinking," and they're like, "No." And he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> um, great. All right, rolling bones. Alrighty. Uh, five success, one threat.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
4: Five success, one
2: threat. Um. He obviously agrees to help you with the Torox and agrees that getting it beefed up is advisable. He suggests um, a place where it can get done in time and of quality.
4: The challenge will be that, can you roll me a d6? Uh, yes, I do I do have a, a proposition for you on this. Oh, OK. Uh, if you want, but I'm also happy to roll you a d6. What would you prefer? Uh, I'm always happy to hear a proposition. What you got, baby? Uh, in order to make sure that the it is clear that the Inquisition did not involve itself, I'll have to be in the car. Because if it's my car, then it's fine. If it's just uh, a random Inquisition car. I think driver,
2: that's too high a cost for a okay. single threat die. I right, um, love it. I'll take it. I rolled a two. Perfect, two. All right, uh, House Vance will be aware that you're doing this repair, like this adjustment to your heist vehicle. It was just okay. which house is the one who can get the armor work done fast enough and quality. So you won't get fucked on the job because Invictus is the one placing the order. Yep. But they'll be aware that the vehicle is, is extra souped. Uh, five successes is a lot of successes, though. Uh, I am also going to say Invictus, over the course of your conversation, grills you to find out some of the details of your plan. Uh, and he determines that... Because three of you are going to, or two of you, I guess, are going to appear to get into the vehicle, even though you duck out, he can provide two Inquisitorial Stormtroopers to back up Warden, because then there will still only be, quote-unquote, three people in the vehicle. But if shit goes down, Warden will have some physical backup. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um, Sold. Great. So, vehicle extra armored. Vance is aware. Warden has some physical backup. Uh, Meanwhile, Piper because I got to know. Let's find out how this surgery goes.
4: Yay! So
2: you come downstairs, and you've got to explain this, because Ignatius was not a part of that conversation. So you're there with Warden watching, but how, to, how do you approach a man to say, turn me into the governor? <laughs>
1: um, I think Piper, <laughs> she just kind of walks right up to him. All right, so I know this is a little bit weird, but... um. We're doing this thing, it's all like Inquisition-Y, and like we got I I have to look like the governor. And I need um, it done fast.
0: why do and you like need to look I know
1: like- look, look, Inquisition-Y stuff. It's alright. Yeah,
2: but is it is it for the heist or for the Inquisition?
1: It's for the Inquisition, obviously.
2: OK, OK. So you need me to make you look
0: like the governor. Uh, how much am I allowed to hurt you?
1: I would rather it didn't hurt at all. I also want it to be like super effective so I don't get hurt by like anyone else.
2: So you're saying you don't want it to hurt you at all, and it needs to be perfect, and I have how long?
1: How long do we have, Ryan?
2: You have until tonight, so realistically, if this is like 1 I don't know, like four
1: might- hours? <laughs> is that is that too much?
2: Are you able to look
1: like the governor, but he's dead? Well, I mean, he already kind of looks half dead.
2: Okay, so you want exactly like him now. That's good. That's good. His prime would be more work. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, so...
1: Yeah, no, like, literally, like, I'm not going to be talking at all. Like, literally just, like, if you can, like, let me blink, that's probably enough.
2: So, is Also, it okay I want I'll-
1: to be able to go back to the way I look, because I like Uh-oh. this...
2: That's that's a big thing. I'm glad you told me. That would have been a real oops otherwise. Uh, so you don't need to be able to move. I can kind of just like lock, lock you down.
1: I mean, it would be nice to have like some mobility, but like I'm going to be like seated. So I mean, like as much as like the governor can move now, which you're, as I understand a it lot isn't of, a
2: lot. You're giving me a lot of fancy scenarios, and I think I really need you to just kind of lock some of these down for me, theoretically. So... You're going to be in a chair so I could paralyze you. Uh, and and you're not going to be talking much, so you don't need to be able to talk or you I need mean, to be able to talk.
1: Do you have to paralyze me?
2: I don't know. I'm still figuring this out, he says. And you realize <laughs> as you look over at screens that are rapidly running and getting info typed into them, you're aware mm-hmm. enough that he is using the new sphere, as it is called, which is a, a digital almost cloud around him, the same way you would astropathically link with that the environment or other right. people, he's actively running six different computers. And the <gasps> cylinders that circle around his waist above his anti grav generators, mm-hmm. several of them are blinking quickly. Uh, and you see him go over to a wall and he's like, okay, so you, you don't want to be paralyzed or you need to be able to talk?
1: Um, Ryan, can you remind me? Because like we, we know like the governor's state, I, Laura, have forgotten. The
2: governor can barely talk. Like, you've never heard him. If you want to picture the governor in terms of a comedy sense, imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger playing um, Rod Stewart in that one South Park episode where Rod Stewart comes out and he's like, that's all you get out (laughs) of the governor. Like, there's not really words. The question is more, do you as Piper need to be able to talk during the heist? Because anything that will make you more like the governor will make you less useful in any other way, but it could help you. So it's a risk-reward question.
1: Yeah. Um, I think in a moment, I would say she's probably thinking, like, if it's desperate enough, um, that she can send a message telepathically if she needs to. But that'll be a last resort because um, her job is really to sit still, be convincing as the governor. So... I think it's like okay, so so you're saying
2: as close to the governor as possible, but you'll make the concessions you need to, and he just hauls. One of the walls is, for lack of a better description, massive metal drawers covered in different blinking lights and other systems from floor to ceiling. There are six layers Mm -hmm. of these drawers. He hauls open the third one, reaches in and takes out what looks like a slightly smaller version of one of the canisters at his waist, only this one's glass. And inside it, you can see a human brain with a selection of wires uh, plugged into it that is clearly blinking. And he hauls open one of the canisters at his side and slides the brain in. And he slides the brain that was in that canister into the drawer and shuts it. He goes, ah, I got it. There we go. That was the one I needed. Okay, so. Uh, We're going to put you over here, and here's what's going to happen. So basically, I'm going to make an entire fake body that we're going to hook up to your entire, you know, nervous system, and then we'll see how good it is.
1: Can you just, like, not fry my brain?
2: Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I don't really need to do much with your brain. I'm just going to do a lot with your blood. Uh, Is there anything else you need in here? Uh, And Warden just starts tapping on his chest and then gets really panicked because he realizes this guy doesn't talk the mime thing. Yeah. So he he starts walking over to a computer to clearly type a message to tell him to put a bomb in you, Piper. But, Piper, you have the ability to compel people or change what they're doing. What do you do while Warden clearly goes to type to tell a man to put a bomb in you?
1: Um, I think... Oh, I think Piper has to play this really carefully because she doesn't want the bomb, but she also doesn't want Warden to think that she's like um, intentionally, <laughs> intentionally forgetting to tell him. Um, so I think she'll just kind of make like kind of a big to do of like, all right, like just basically kind of be a distraction as the Magos is like getting things ready for her. And so that he doesn't really notice Warden. And so it's going to be like, all right. I'm like, I'm really not going to, I'm not going to enjoy. Can you just please like not hurt me that much? I'm like, my telepathic power, like really important as I'm kind of like walking with him.
2: Warden's typing away. Uh, Can you roll me a deception? This would have to be.
1: Yes. Oh, yikes. That's going to be bad for me. All right, what's my difficulty? Five. Oh, I'm just going to lose. He has very good ears.
2: <laughs> you never know.
1: Oh, god. Um, I'm just like, do I get anything? Uh...
2: Essentially, your challenge here, and Piper, you might realize this before you do it, so I'll give you this option because I don't ever want to trap somebody rolling yeah. a check that they don't want to roll. Um, the same reason the new sphere is allowing Ignatius to be in touch with all of the computers and read them all at the same time. So if warden is typing something into one of the computers, if you don't want the message to get to Ignatius, you're going to have to affect one of them.
1: Fuck. Um, Oh, fuck. Uh, Oh you man. See,
2: you see no. Orton's finger about to hit enter, and what do you do?
1: And. uh, Piper just resigns to the inevitable.
2: Ah, oh, great. You're going to get a bomb in your brain. That'll be totally good for you. And then he jams uh, one of those sedative guns into your neck and pulls the trigger, uh, and you fall into the darkness of anesthetization. Knowing that you're going to have a bomb put in your brain while you're asleep. And maybe you could have stopped it.
1: This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at TD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Del Tastic on Twitter as Sister Oli and Mina, and our game master Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter.
2: Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V. Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, A-Krix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Allen, Austin Not Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery.
2: What happened with Great Grandpa? Why
4: won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to say, Ninten.
0: Begets an unprecedented paranormal event. Oh, Ah! brother! Poltergeists. My lamp attacked me! It was hovering the air! It unplugged itself and came at me! Mind control. Why
3: is that crow smoking a cigarette?
0: Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombies. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin! It was a good disguise! Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days!
1: (laughs) I beat up aliens with my baseball bat.
0: Children with psychokinetic powers.
1: I let that little light of mine shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away.
0: And that's just the beginning.
1: Introducing Mother She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else.
4: Each episode, we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking
2: moments,
1: and what it all means if you're new to the series we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story and if you're a longtime fan relive these tales like never before and
4: learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games find mother she wrote on your favorite podcast
1: player and at